like that. You want to try that. What up, everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. It is post-wildcard Monday. Yes, it is a very exciting time. The playoffs have started. They start on Saturday at noon. We'll talk about the game that happened at noon in a little bit. And right now, it is the end of the Wild Card Weekend. I am sitting here on Sunday, January 10th. It is 7.30 p.m. Central Time right now. I am got on the Browns and Steelers game. And I don't know what's really going on here. It's 14-0 Browns. We are just over five minutes into the game. And I am just, I don't know, I'm just flabbergasted at what is going on with Pittsburgh. Cleveland playing very tough so far in this game. And uh, it shows in the scoreline, 14 nothing. Now, I was on the, when I made my record predictions, I went out and said that the Steelers would get the win in this game because obviously you have no coaches, or at least your, start, your head coach is out of the game with COVID. Some significant players are out as well. And you haven't been historically good against Pittsburgh with Baker Mayfield. Your own three against the Steelers on the road. Your first playoff game in however many years, what, I can't remember, the 18 years, 17 years, something like that, 2003 was their last playoff game against the Steelers. Kelly Holcomb, Bills legend, was the starting quarterback of that game for the Browns. And to put it all, cap off everything, you had two days of practice. The Browns' first practice was on Friday. For this playoff game, their first practice was on a Friday. You would expect a nice little week of practice to prepare for the for the playoffs, but I guess it just goes down to we've prepared for this moment the entire year. We know what we're going to do. We have a set game plan already. We're going to be just fine. Now, you obviously don't have your head coach. The special teams coordinator is the, what you, the de facto head coach, I guess. Sadly, Alex Van Pelt, another Bills legend, is not the de facto head coach. He's just the normal offensive coordinator, as he has been all season, and I would say has done a fairly good job being the offense coordinator for the Cleveland Browns this year, focusing more on the run-oriented style of offense. Now, this has a big uh, thumbprint, I guess, of Kevin Stefanski all over this offense. His hands are all over this offense. He came from Minnesota, which, if you've watched the Vikings play over the past two years, or something like that, you would know that they are a run-oriented team, spearheaded by Delvin Cook, which opens up the passing game to the likes of Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs last year, Justin Jefferson this year, Rudolph, uh, Chad Beebe, Irv Smith Jr., and the, the rest. They're a run-first team. That's the, the same system the Cleveland Browns have adopted with Kevin Stefanski as the head coach. And I'm just seeing this on the screen. 17 consecutive home wins against the Browns, and Big Ben is 23-2-1 against the Cleveland Browns. Fourth highest win percentage by starting QB versus one team in NFL history. I'm pretty confident Tom Brady is number one against the Bills, but I could be wrong about that. I know Brett Favre is up there, I think against the Lions. If I'm not mistaken, Brett Favre is a very high win percentage against some team in the NFC North. I don't remember which team it is exactly. But yeah, 14 to nothing, 941 left in the first quarter. This will be interesting to see if the Steelers can actually pull this one out. And the winner of this game will either go to Kansas City or Buffalo. If it's the Cleveland Browns, they'll be going to Kansas City. If it is Pittsburgh, they'll be traveling to Buffalo. And that game, it will be taking place at 7.15 p.m. Central Time 
Saturday on NBC. It's going to be a spectacular showing. And now we have waited long enough to talk about this. Saturday, noon o'clock, Bills-Colts, one of the most stressful games I've ever been a part of in my entire life. The first win in Bills of the 21st century, the first playoff win for the Bills of the 21st century, the first time I have ever seen the Buffalo Bills win a playoff game. Bills' last playoff win came in 1995. I was born in 1997. 25 years it has been since the Buffalo Bills won a playoff game. After they won, after Micah Hyde came from the the hand of God to smack that thing down to the ground on the failed Hail Mary attempt by Phillip Rivers, my dad gave me the biggest hug ever and cracked like pretty much all my vertebra in the in my back. It felt good for a tiny bit, and then I was like, ooh, am I still good? Making sure everything moves a little bit, like move your arms, legs, touch your toes or something like that, just to make sure everything moves as it should because you never heard that many cracks in your entire life. And that's, he told me, he's like, yeah, I heard that, and that's why I let go because <laughs> I didn't want didn't to kill you during that game. But, yeah, uh, Josh Allen, if you haven't watched the Bills play this year, and I'm assuming there's a lot of you that have not, if you watch the game on Saturday, you realize how much Josh Allen means to that Buffalo Bills team as a whole. I know we like to talk about how much Aaron Rodgers means to the Packers. I'm not taking away anything from Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I'm I'm not taking away from his importance to the Green Bay Packers whatsoever. I would I would like to preface that before I say this. But Josh Allen, I think, is more important to his offense succeeding than Aaron Rodgers. I know that might sound insane, but if you take into account how much he has improved in the passing game, what he is doing on the rushing attack, he leads the team. He, is, he has, I believe, eight or nine, maybe ten, Regular season rushing touchdowns this year. Nobody, no one, the team combined don't even have that. Nobody on that roster can do, no quarterback can do the things Josh Allen can do. No one has that strong of an arm and can move. Now, I will like to say this, though he moves well, he is one of the least coordinated people I have seen in a very, very long time. He's not the most graceful person in the world, as you saw on the 20-yard sack he had yesterday against the Colts. Trying to make a play happen, didn't work, got caught, got sacked. But Josh Allen was responsible for like every single yard, minus like 20 yards of offense in that game yesterday against the Indianapolis Colts, or Saturday. Yesterday for me, Saturday, or two days ago for you guys who are listening to this now. Josh is everything to that offense. Everything. Micah Hyde played himself a fantastic game. The defense didn't play fantastic that game whatsoever. Gave up a crap ton of yards, didn't get a sack, didn't get a turnover. Even though this has been talked about on social media at nauseum. The last drive of the game for the Indianapolis Colts, pass sack, Pascal, I think his first name, Zach, clearly, and I cannot preface this enough, clearly fumbled the ball while he was up. Clearly. I don't know what NFL officiating is trying to do. Their NFL officiating Twitter account came out defending the officials. There is little screenshots up of no contact with the knee is down. And while his knee is up, Jordan Poyer puts his hand on his back and rips the ball out. So I would like to say the Bills had one takeaway in the game, or at least should have had one takeaway in the game. And could you imagine 
if, God forbid, the Bills lost that game to the Colts and that play would be, I mean, it's on Twitter a lot already, but how much more that would be on Twitter and how much it would be rammed down everybody's throats that this was a missed call. Because even though the NFL Twitter account, the NFL officiating crew Twitter account came out and said something, that does not mean it's still not a fumble. Because it was. Clearly a fumble. They re- when, when that play happened, I didn't really react because I thought he was down. My dad was freaking out. I thought he was down when I first saw it. Watch the replay. I'm like, oh, he's clearly up. This will be a fumble. Yeah, clearly. Every, the Bills are celebrating. Everybody's dapping up Jordan Poyer on the sideline. And then the very next shot they do is Phillip Rivers saying for their offense to get back on the field. I was like, they're not calling it. They're not calling it. There's not a single person out there, other than those however many officials were there at the game, the replay officials in New York, and the NFL PA or NFL officiating Twitter account. Everybody out there, minus those people, knows that was a fumble. Now, they're just kind of covering themselves up a little bit. It's like, man, we can't really tweet out that that wasn't a fumble, or it was a fumble, because... We're the Twitter account that represents the refs. And it's a bunch of BS, their reasoning. I'm not going to go through their reasoning. I'm trying to find another tweet right now talking about the Bills' playoff win against the Indianapolis Colts. But here's CBS Sports HQ tweeting about Josh Allen's game yesterday. 374 total yards, three touchdowns, no picks. First player in Bills' history, two passing touchdowns in a rushing touchdown in a playoff game. First player in Bills' history with 300 passing yards and no interceptions in a playoff game. Josh Allen is becoming what my dad's generation was, Jim Kelly. And I saw an update on Saturday that Josh Allen is due for a big money contract extension. He should, according to this, if this uh, report is true, should be or could be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, which would mean he is the highest paid player in NFL history. Wrap your heads around that. A quarterback in Buffalo is about to get paid maybe the biggest contract in NFL history. After the years of the quarterbacks that I rattled off on Friday's show, from the J.P. Lossmans to the Trent Edwards to E.J. Manuels, you have uh, Rob Johnson, Kelly Holcomb, Drew Bledsoe, all these quarterbacks. And then now, my entire life, as we said, the quarterbacks that were the quarterbacks of the Bills my entire life, up until this point, Josh Allen has a chance and probably will be go down as the greatest Bills quarterback of all time. After this is all said and done, the playoff streak over. The playoff win streak winless streak over. Hosted a playoff game for the first time since 95. They won it. Be a very tough Colts team. And after the game, I think it was Cole Beasley. I could be wrong about that. Said this is the toughest defense they faced all season long. And it showed. And the Colts played a very, very good game. It came in with a very good game plan of taking a page out of the Bill Belichick book from the 1991 Super Bowl against the New York Giants and the Buffalo Bills. What do you do to stop a high-powered offense? You control the game clock. And that's what the Colts did in the first half and controlled the field position game as well. The Bills were within their own 15-yard line. It seemed like every single time they started a drive. 
It was ridiculous. Ron, uh, not Ron, who was it? Um, Anderson. What was his name? Oh, the Cleveland Browns just scored again. But the Giants just kept the ball away from the Bills and shut down Thurman Thomas. That was the secret to defeating the Buffalo Bills of the 90s, one of the most historic teams in NFL history. And arguably, actually, I would not say arguably, I'd say is the greatest team to never win a Super Bowl. That's what the Colts went in and did. Frank Reich was on those Bills teams. He knows. He was a part of those games where teams were like, okay, this is what we got to do to win. And they did it. But this time, the Colts... I mean, you you had to go in this game with this game plan because I don't believe that if this went into a shootout, the Colts could keep up. I do not believe that would have been the case. And I think another thing, my dad and I talked about this after the game on Saturday, the Bills coached scared. They ran plays that looked like it was from Josh Allen's rookie year when they went 6-10. and 10. And some plays they ran last year that didn't make any sense. The amount of quarterback sweeps they did. They ran those more on Saturday than they did it felt like the entire season. There was one drive they started at like the 7-yard line and ran it three straight plays. All with Zach Moss and went three and out. When have the Bills ever run the ball that much in a game? They haven't. The running game has been pretty much non-existent all year. Josh Allen doesn't have the luxury of having three very talented running backs in the form of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. He doesn't have that luxury. He doesn't have a great cast-catching tight end like Robert Tanyan. I love Dawson Knox, but he's more of an athletic player than a reliable pass-catching tight end. He drops a lot of balls. Now, he did score Josh Allen's first passing touchdown in playoff history for him. The Bills don't have that. Singletary catches the ball to the backfield. Sometimes not extremely reliable when it comes to catching the ball to the backfield. Zach Moss got hurt, so it's going to be a very run-heavy base on just Devin Singletary for this next game on whoever they play. It looks, if this keeps, if this result keeps going, the Steelers can't bounce back. It looks like it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens coming to Buffalo on Saturday. And that's if this game stays the same. Like, it was a ridiculous game. Jonathan Taylor, the week before the playoffs, ran for over 200 yards, averaged 8.7 yards per attempt or somewhere near that. They held him to 3.7 or near that yards per attempt on Saturday. Then they gave up some big plays. Naheem Hines had some really big rushes in the game. Uh, Michael Pittman had some plays where he got open. Jack Doyle had himself a career day, it felt like, against the Bills on Saturday. No one could figure out how to cover him. It was a crazy game. The one play that I was like, okay, why'd you do that? Was when Josh Allen tried to truck Darius Leonard. That wasn't that wasn't one of the smarter decisions he has made over his career. But he didn't get hurt, which is good. If Josh Allen got hurt, playoff hopes over. Nothing can happen. If Josh Allen gets hurt, it's over. Josh Allen does things that no quarterback in this league can do now obviously you have players like Lamar Jackson is the fastest player probably the fastest player in the NFL at least in the open field like that was he was Michael Vick type speed there the most electrifying player on the field is at the quarterback position we haven't seen that since Vick there are different styles of quarterbacks but athletic ability wise very similar Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers have cannons for an arm they can't move like Josh Allen they're not as big as Josh Allen they can't stiff arm defensive linemen there was a play in the game where he pump faked a lineman and then proceeded to roll out and throw a ball about 20 yards down the field. Gabe Davis, we have to talk about Gabe Davis as well. Toe tapping, 
like crazy. Rookie. You don't usually see rookies with that much spatial awareness to know that the out-of-bounds line is right here. I need to make sure I get both feet in bounds. And he did that and played very well. Stephon Diggs, again, had himself a fantastic game against the Indianapolis Colts. Fantastic game. For some reason, I can't find this uh, sheet that this person posted on Twitter. They must have deleted it. Otherwise, I just... I might have scrolled past it or something, but yeah, this team is, I don't know, it was a scary game, playoffs are very stressful, I was nervous about going into overtime, that was something I was very terrified of, this is Phillip Rivers' first ever wild card loss throughout his career against the Buffalo Bills, do I think this is Phillip Rivers' last game, uh, I don't think he wants it to be, but I think it probably should be. I don't think he's going to get any better than what he is right now. And right now, he's just in, probably just an average quarterback, maybe slightly above average quarterback. Maybe. And it's sad. I love watching Phillip Rivers. I love Phillip Rivers. And the guy I'm watching right now, Ben Roethlisberger, is this his last game in the NFL? I think Phillip Rivers at this point looks better than Ben Roethlisberger. I think he wants to play more right now than Ben Roethlisberger does. It could We could be seeing the end of those two. I think this is Breeze's last year. I don't think it's Brady's last year. No, hell no, I don't think it's Brady's last year. He, said, he always said he wants to play until he's 45. He's got two more years left to do that. But yeah, absolutely craziness from that game yesterday. Uh, Stressful. To say the least, and uh, if you saw this on, you probably if your team won a division, even they didn't, you saw the shirts and hats on Twitter, one not done stuff. My dad, after the game against the, who did they beat? Was it the Patriots game they clinched the division, or was it, no, it was the Broncos. They just beat the Broncos. My dad ordered a crap ton of one not done stuff. I'm not going to say the exact price amount, because he might get mad at me for saying, but I'll just say it was a lot, <laughs> an egregious amount of money was spent on one not done stuff, okay, the one not done stuff came in yesterday, right before the game, my mom, or dur- around during the game time, around when it started, I can't remember, my mom sent me and my dad a text message about packages came into the mail, coming in the mail, my dad after the game said, yeah, if we lost that game, I was returning all of that, I was like, yeah, you can't wear that stuff now, because it was one and done, Oh my god, the Browns just picked off another ball. In their own in Steelers territory too. Oh my god, he's trying to house it. He didn't, but he got it to like the 15-yard line. Good lord. This is this is another example. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Juju Smith Schuster a couple days ago said this is the same old Browns. Gray faces. You don't say stupid shit like this to motivate a team you just shouldn't say stupid stuff in front of a camera regardless you shouldn't say stuff like they're just the same old browns basically meaning this is the same team we've kicked the shit out of the past what 30 years 20 years i was thinking i was gonna say 30 games but 20 years like with josh rosenson i mistake taking him after before me Look where he is now. Dwayne Haskins. The NFL done messed up. Look where he's at now. Tua. I thought this would be a lot harder. Look where he's about to be. We'll talk about that in a little bit. 
Dabo Sweeney, I think Ohio State's the 11th best team in the country. Look what happened to Clemson. I don't know why people go in front of the cameras and just like their brains shut off when they say things like that. I don't get it. But that's why you don't say stuff in the Browns unless something crazy happens are going to be up, again, at worst, 21 to nothing. <laughs> there could be up 24 nothing. They give up 28 nothing, 27 nothing, because again, they got Cody Parkey. So, but at worst, you're still up 21 to nothing. This is ridiculous. Baker, if this game stays the same, will go 1-3 against Pittsburgh all-time on the road. They have a, what was the 17-game home winning streak against the Cleveland Browns? That's going to be snapped if this ends like this. Baker single bat. He's in the shotgun all by himself. Three trips trips up top to the right. And they were going to set up a slant. Try to run a little rub route. And the receiver fell down. <laughs> I think it was Jarvis Landry. They ran an out route with Nick Chubb and a slant with either Jarvis or Rashad Higgins. I couldn't really tell. But the receiver fell down, so Baker had to go to a second read, which was not really not really read. He kind of just had to force it out wide. Nick Chubb got a decent gain out of it. And now you're at, like, the what, the five-yard line? This is prime Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, rushing touchdown area. Let's see what yard line they're at right now. I don't necessarily know. But Kareem Hunt's in the game. Yeah, third and three. Oh, he didn't get it, I guess. But you're at the, what, eight-yard line? Hands it off to Kareem Hunt. Get the block. And Kareem Hunt scores a touchdown. Yep, there it is. 27 to nothing now soon. Probably, we can assume, 28 to nothing after this is all said and done. This is why you don't say stupid things in front of a camera to motivate a team that you think or that the mass media thinks has no shot in this game. And I am happy that the Browns are talking their shit in this game. I'm happy that the Baltimore Ravens danced or stood on the Tennessee Titans logo after they did that earlier in the season. I'm happy that Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win so everybody could stop talking about that. I'm happy Lamar Jackson had a way better game than Ryan Tannehill so we could stop the dumbass conversation on which quarterback would you rather have, Tannehill or Lamar. Stupid conversation. I know Lamar threw an interception. I know he didn't throw a passing touchdown, but if you talk about something no one else in this league can do with his ability to run the ball, he ran from what turned a sack into like a 40, 50-yard touchdown in a matter of milliseconds, it felt like. My dad, when he got it, oh, there's first down. Oh, there's touchdown. Scored. Lamar is the most electrifying player in the NFL. And I saw a twi- uh, thing on Twitter earlier. It was either on Twitter or Instagram. It was, who is more dangerous in the open field, Lamar Jackson or Derrick Henry? I would say, if you, depending on what who you are, if I'm a, I think Lamar Jackson could shake every single player in the NFL. I think Derrick Henry could run over almost every player in the NFL. Now, Lamar's not going to try and run anybody over. That's not his game. He can juke the crap out of everybody. He can make a spin move around everybody. I think that if you get to the second level and you're facing linebackers and safeties, then they're both about equal. If you get to, like, D-linemen, I think Lamar can shake D-linemen more than Derrick Henry can run over them, if that makes any sense. That's not saying anything bad against Derrick Henry, because I think Derrick Henry is one of the, if not the best running back in the NFL. Now that comes down to preference pretty much, because there's, I think, four or five running backs that people consider the best in the NFL. And I would think you could throw, like, Derrick Henry, Alva Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, 
and Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb's going to be up there as well. You may even throw up Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, if you really wanted to. But I, my two favorite running backs to watch are Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara reminds me of Ladanian Tomlinson, especially with the dark visor and his ability to catch the ball to the backfield and just do a lot of different things. McCaffrey, I watched destroy Iowa. Now I feel a lot less bad watching that because I see him do that to people that are paid a lot more <laughs> to do that, to stop that. I love watching. Those are my two favorite running backs in the NFL. If I'm saying who's the best running back in the NFL, I'm saying Christian McCaffrey. Just because I like running backs that can do both things. My favorite player of all time is LaDainian Tomlinson. I love running backs that can catch the ball in the backfield and make plays in the open field, running the ball once they get a handoff and after they catch the ball. And it's not saying anything bad against Derrick Henry. I love watching Derrick Henry as well because I don't think it's should be, I don't think it should be legal to be that big, that fast, that strong, and play running back. Those people should be playing at DNs or linebackers, tight ends maybe, not running backs. We saw a guy similar to that in size wise in Brandon Jacobs, like the early mid or the mid two thousands on the New York Giants. He couldn't move like Derrick Henry. He could move. He couldn't move anywhere near Derrick Henry's speed. Like I, <laughs> craziness. And I also like the fact that the Ravens didn't shake their hands after. There's no need to shake hands with the, those losers. I dislike the tights. I very much dislike the tights. I like some of their players. I like Derrick Henry. I like Ryan Tannehill, but their defensive players are dickheads. I dislike their coach. Not necessarily as like him being a bad coach or whatever. I think he's a good coach, but he's just a dickhead and asshole. I don't. I just don't like Mike Vrabel, but that's personal preference. I don't. You guys may like him. I'm not really necessarily a huge fan. I know my dad's certainly not a big fan. He played for the Patriots all those years. But yeah, I'm happy the Ravens won that game, deservedly so. Uh, Yeah, closer than what I thought. I thought the Ravens' offense would get clicking a lot sooner than what it did. I didn't expect Justin Tucker to miss a field goal in the game as well. Yeah, I think the better team won, even though that it wasn't a fantastic game to watch. You had some great plays from Lamar in the game, but it wasn't like must-see TV. I think Lamar Jackson himself is must-see TV, but... Not necessarily the game today. He made some great plays in the running, rushing attack that you have, you're going to have to go watch the highlights of. But he's done this for so long now that, and he even missed two games and still ran for over a thousand yards, which is insane to still think about that he missed a few games this season and still managed to be the sec, the first quarterback in NFL history to run for back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. He still missed some games, but we're going to talk about how he's not very good throwing the ball because that really matters when you're one of the best athletes in the NFL doing something that no one else can do at the quarterback position. I know he's not the most insane thrower of the football ever. But there's some things he can do that nobody else in the NFL can do. And I said the same thing about Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen did get his first playoff win before Lamar Jackson, so there's that. You can say the whole thing that they played the day before and they got whatever. The fact stands Josh Allen got his first. And Baker Mayfield, if this stays the same, will have three quarterbacks on the 2018 draft class win their playoff games this year. Now, crazier things have happened. Teams have come back from 28 down in the playoffs before, around 28. (laughs) I.e. Frank Rugg against the Houston Oilers. But, man, this game's crazy. I did not expect this scoreline when I turned this game on. Goodness gracious. I just finished watching 
the Nickelodeon game, the Steelers or the Brayers versus the Saints. Mitch Trubisky walked away with the MVP, Nickelodeon player of the game. Nickelodeon valuable player, greatest award ever. Of course he won it. If I'm Trubisky, are you if you're Trubisky, do you keep that award reward? Or do you just throw it in the garbage? Cause you have he has to be aware, right? He can't he's not unaware of the meme that he is, right? He has to know. If you're an NFL starting quarterback, you have to be aware of what people say about you on social media. Now, I know he told everybody to turn off the TVs because everybody was talking about how terrible he was last year. But does he know? He has to know, right? Mr. Kisses Titties, like all that stuff that went on when he got drafted. Like, you have, people have to know. He has to know, doesn't he? That he, And he would know after the game that people voted him most valuable player, Nickelode MVP or whatever, because of the meme that he is. And everybody's going to go, oh, well, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, they have no MVPs. Which I love that. I love that kind of stuff. I think it's funny. But, yeah, this was probably Mitch Trubisky's last game as a quarterback of the Chicago Bears. I just got an update today that they said he, they're unlikely to re-sign him or extend him unless they had a big playoff run. And with how dead their offense was today, they, he not get an extension anytime soon. I'll just put it like that. It could. Stranger things have happened to the Chicago Bears. We saw them go on a, a six-game winning losing streak and then proceed to make the playoffs to screw themselves out of any good draft pick, but wanted to go to the playoffs because, you know, playoffs are fun, especially when you get... I mean, defense played decent, but when your offense can't score, defense can only score hold people back for so long. Now, they did not They did score a touchdown the last play of the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this really didn't help them making the playoffs except for... Selling merchandise because I'm sure people were like, oh, we get Bears playoff football for one more week. And I I posted this on my playoff predictions thing. Bears fans are the most pessimistic fans in all of sports. They're like, oh, at least I get to watch the Bears one time this week, <laughs> one, one more time this season. I don't think any Bears fan out there really thought they were going to win this game. I really don't think there's one. Even the most diehard Chicago Bears fan did not believe they were going to win that game. I enjoyed every second of watching the game, but for reasons not necessarily in the fact of that that game was actually fun to watch. More of the, I'm watching this game on Nickelodeon and getting explained football to me like I'm a month old. Because I know they are got to explain this for the kids. Kids watch football. I understood football, like what a holding call was or what a first down was when I was a kid. I didn't need it explained to me like what a safety is or what a touchdown is. Or what the red zone is. I really didn't need that explained to me when I was, what, six, seven, eight years old. I was going to football games at that time. I knew what was going on. I didn't need it forced. Like, this is what happens when you get a first down. Now, I appreciate there's some kids that don't watch football. And this was a chance for them to watch some football and have it explained to them. But it was kind of hard to watch at times. I was watching it mostly on CBS until a team got to the, the red zone. And then I would turn it back because then they had a chance to go to the slime zone and I had to see the slime cannons. I saw every single slime cannon throughout the game. So that was a that was a positive moment. But yeah, the Bears, uh, I don't know. With Trubisky probably being gone, this would you would tend to think that Ryan Pace would be gone as well. But you don't really know that. There's the three, you can get a quarterback in three ways three big ways. I guess there's some other 
dark matter places that you can get quarterbacks, but like you can sign one in free agency, you can trade one, and you can draft one. Ryan Pace did all three and swung and missed at all three. Signed Mike Glennon, drafted Trubisky, traded for Nick Foles. That's not great business strategy from the Chicago Bears. If I was them, instead of paying Nick Foles and trading for him, why not just sign Andy Dalton off the street? You had Bill Lazor. Andy Dalton, that was his quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator in Cincy. Why not just bring him in? Because he was he said he was fine being Joe Burrow's backup. I think he'd be good to go out for Chicago, play with Bill Lazor again. He's a better option than Nick Foles. As a, like, we knew at some point the Bears were going to bench Mitchell Trubisky. We all knew that. Would you, wouldn't you rather have Andy Dalton go in than Nick Foles? I know Nick Foles has the the golden the the aura around him that he won a Super Bowl, has a freaking statue outside Lincoln Financial Field in Philly. But if we're going to start a guy week in and week out, I would rather have Andy Dalton in that situation than Nick Foles. That's just how I'm sitting right now. I know the the Nick Foles going to Chicago added to the meme of. <laughs> The Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles quarterback room. Big Dick Nick plus Mr. Kiss's titties. It's like, uh, this is the super group of quarterbacks. I loved it. But as a Bears fan, I I wouldn't really be through thrilled. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do next year. Do you draft an O-lineman in the first round? Do you go after a guy like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask? Who do you go after in the draft? Other than the top six guys, the rest of the draft for quarterbacks is pretty hit and miss, to be 100% honest with you. Because you got likes guys like Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, uh, Desmond Ritter went back to Cincy. Who else do we got here? Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, I guess, if people still want to draft him for some reason. That was kind of crazy. That was a weird time where people hyped him up as a first rounder at the start of the offseason, right? That was weird. That was weird to everybody else, right? Okay, just wanted to double check on that because he wasn't really a draft. I don't know. Would you consider him a draftable quarterback when he's playing for Wake Forest and all of a sudden quarterback factory Georgia gets him? And that's said with sarcasm because of the fact that other than Matt Stafford, what NFL quarterbacks has Georgia produced? I know we've got Jake Fromm, uh, Jacob Eason's in the NFL, and technically he played for Georgia for two years. Um, Aaron Murray was in the NFL for a little bit, I guess. There's not really a lot of quarterbacks that go out, so I don't know why going to Georgia would transform your draft stock from, you know, probably not getting drafted to, boom, immediately first-round draft pick. Now he's nowhere to be seen in first-round drafts, and I don't even know if he's really going in the second round. If I had to bet, I would say five are guaranteed to go in the first round. Trash could go late first round, early second and then the next quarterback would probably go in the fourth round, if I had to guess. At this point in time, if I had to guess. Because I think the top six are nailed on. No order. Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Lance, Mac Jones, and Trask. That probably is the order. But I don't know where the rest come after that. That's the crazy part about this draft. And with this draft... Actually, let's go over some of the more... We, we've talked about a little bit of the playoff games, but... So, obviously, the Rams beat the Seahawks. That was the game I struggled with the most on my playoff predictor thing. Uh, Rams had the best passing defense in the entire NFL. Seahawks offense 
Most notably, their passing offense was pretty much a mess the past few weeks, even though they beat the Rams to win the division. Rams were going to come back motivated. They did beat them. That was the game I struggled with the most. We had, what other game did I not talk about? The Washington football team lost to Tampa Bay. Taylor Heineke played his ass off, but ultimately it was in a loss. Um, what other games were there? We got the Browns beating the Steelers 28-0. Ravens beat the Titans. Bills beat the Colts. And the Saints beat the Chicago Bears. So those were our results that we had at least the games and said people that won because I don't have the scores in front of me. And Big Cat eight minutes ago said this is an official ass kicking. Yeah, unless the Steelers really do something here, I don't really see this. <laughs> I don't really see this turning around anytime soon. The Browns tweeted out 17 minutes ago, OMG. And I, I didn't even think about this. Lamar Jacks versus Josh Allen prime time. Last year when the Ravens went 14-2, and the Bills realistically, really, if you watch the game back, should have beaten the Ravens in that game. I think the Ravens are in a good run of form. I think the Bills are in the hottest form they've ever been in. And other than the 90s, obviously, it should be an extremely fun game. The other matchups are the Packers against the Rams and the Bucks against the Saints. Brady against Breeze. Rodgers against Jared Goff with a broken thumb. He didn't really play that great, but the pass defense played great. So that's why they ended up getting the win. And on the AFC side, we obviously got... If this stays the same, we'll have Bills, Ravens, and then the Browns and the Chiefs. So we have three quarterbacks from 2018 draft in the AFC side, one from the 2017 draft. And then we've got three old dudes and Jared Goff from the 20, what, 15 draft, 2016 draft, one of those two. 2016 draft, 2016, it was 2016, right? Yeah, Jameis Winston was 2015, right? I think, yeah, Jameis Winston, Mariota were 15. Goff, Wentz were 16. Then we have Drabisky, Mahomes, Watson, 17. Baker, Sam, Josh, Josh, and Lamar, 18. Kyler, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, 19. And then Joe Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Love. And I obviously missed out on, like, Paxton Lynch and stuff like that. But the less said about that, <laughs> the better. So speaking of Tua Tagovailoa, Dolphins fans' opinions on Tua, for the most part, have changed drastically over, say, the past three weeks. Okay? Now, I follow a lot of different NFL Twitter accounts on Twitter, as you would see. And on my Instagram Explore page, I get a lot of random sports pages. I don't follow any teams or sports pages other than the Bills. We're talking about football. The Bills, that's it. I don't follow any college teams. I don't follow... Yeah, I just follow the Bills on Twitter in regards to football. And um, NFL throwback. Because I love watching NFL throwback. I love the history of the NFL. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of my things I nerd out about is the history of the NFL. Watching NFL top 10s and NFL network and 30 for 30s and the timeline. uh, What was the other one? America's team... or um, America's game where they go over the team that wins the Super Bowl. You've got the football lives, which I really love. Yeah, they're just awesome. But I see things on Twitter where, like, it all started after Tua made the horrendous quote of, I thought this would be a lot harder, or something around those lines. Now, if you remember, back before the 2020 NFL draft, there was talks about which quarterback would go second. We knew Burrow was going one. It was a matter of which quarterback would be going second between Herbert and Tua. Reports were, 
that the Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores, wanted Justin Herbert. Oh, look at that. Most rushing touchdowns of the 2018 draft class, Josh Allen. Yeah. Most wins, Lamar. Most passing touchdowns, Baker. That's crazy to think about. And Sam <laughs> Darnold and Josh Rosen, the two most pro-ready quarterbacks from that draft, are the easily the two worst. Not even close. Miles clear. Uh, but man. Yeah, it's it went from <laughs> her tank for Tua with the organization tra- saying that in the 2019 year, tank for Tua, trade away everybody essentially. Got lost Juwan James to Denver, traded Laramie Tunsil, so he had no tackles. You traded away Kenyon Drake, so he had no running backs. Patrick Laird was their starting running back for a while. Traded away Kenny Stills as well. So he had Devontae Parker, and that was it at wide receiver. Traded away Minka Fitzpatrick, stockpiling first round draft picks. And then the tank for Tua happened. And then we get to the season, we're getting closer to the draft, the NFL draft, and reports start swirling that Brian Flores and his coaching staff want Justin Herbert. You can go try and find those articles. I try to find old draft articles all the time, and they're damn near impossible to find. At least for me. Maybe I'm just too lazy and just can't find anything. But Herbert was linked with the Dolphins strongly. Brian Flores liked him a lot. But the organization went with what they wanted, which is how it always goes. The coach wants one thing, GM and the owner want another thing. Guess who gets the final say? The people that are responsible for the draft. The GM and the owner. You see this all the time. Washington Redskins, prior to being called the Washington football team, traded up to get RG3. Did the coaching staff want RG3? No. So what did they do? Drafted Kirk Cousins later in the draft. You saw in the last, uh, the 2019 draft, the coaches didn't want Dwayne Haskins. The organization wanted Dwayne Haskins. And you know what? They took him. Daniel Snyder took over both drafts, and both quarterbacks lasted less than, I believe, RG3 was on Washington for three years, maybe four. You see the last playoff game the Bills were in, the Music City Miracle. Doug Flutie was the team's starting quarterback. Ralph Wilson, after watching Rob Johnson play a good game against the Colts in the final game of the season when their playoff to set destiny was already decided, said, you know what, let's go with Rob Johnson because we paid big money for Rob Johnson. Might as well play him in a playoff game even though Doug Flew's been our starter for the past, what, two and a half seasons? Wade Phillips didn't want to start Rob, but they went with Rob Johnson because the ownership wanted it. And they lost the game because Rob Johnson sucked at a qu- as a quarterback. Terrible. Organizations get the final say. The coaches... Don't get the final say. Like, look, if you want to go back to the Bears, John Fox thought he was getting Jamal Adams. Would they end up with Mitchell Trubisky? They just signed Mike Glennon to a forty, what, three or forty-five million dollar contract. No one expected them to take Trubisky. Now, do I think he's a better option than Mike Glennon? Yes, but no one expected that to happen. I thought they'd take Jamal Adams. Personally, that was what my gut told me. And if a a quarterback went off the board first, I thought it was going to be Deshaun. With his winning ways in college, he was the most, out of those three quarterbacks that were taken in the first round, he was the easily the most accomplished quarterback out of those three. Easily. But he was off a knee injury, he had a knee injury, so they dropped him a little bit. I would have taken Deshaun Watson like that. 
So it pains me when we look at the Miami Dolphins and Deshaun Watson trade. This came out this morning. My dad talked to me about it this morning, Sunday morning. Logan, did you hear the news about Deshaun? No? And then he started talking. He was like, no, he didn't go to the Patriots, did he? That's the one team I didn't want. And then he goes, no. He's linked with Miami. It's like, no. That's that's even worse because of the fact Miami actually has a structure with them. and a, <laughs> They have structure on their organization. And I thought, I was on a colon company on Friday. Asked about Deshaun Watson. I got asked about Deshaun Watson. Two teams where you talk about with Deshaun Watson's contract and Deshaun Watson's trade destinations, the two logical places that like make 100% sense and that could happen are the teams like the Jets and the Colts. But the Colts, they wouldn't trade Deshaun Watson in division unless they want to just commit suicide right there. You don't trade a, a top five quarterback to a division rival. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. I refuse to believe it happens. And the Jets have cap space and have a ton of picks. And the right as the season ended, they were in rumors of talking about they're about to make a big trade this offseason. So it, does that involve Deshaun? I've heard them linked with Julio Jones as well. What do they do? What is their big trade this offseason? They have the picks and the cap space to make a move for Deshaun Watson. But if I'm Deshaun, I'm trying to get to Miami because they got a lot better structure than the New York Jets do at this point in time. Got a lot better. They have a head coach, first off, and a way better one. That was I loved watching Brian Flores. And people bash Brian Flores for the handling the Tua situation. And like I said, he didn't want Tua to begin with. Brian Flores is going to do what he thinks is going to make his team win. I don't think it was his decision to originally put Tua Tagovailoa in the games. That was organization saying, hey, we're watching Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert play, and they're playing very good. Let's see if we got something from our fran- from our guy we just drafted fifth overall. And Brian Flores said, I don't really want to do that. We're playing decent with Fitz. Well, good thing you don't get the final say. Hang up the phone. And then Brian Flores is like, well, crap. Now we're stuck with him, but I can still pull him at times and put Fitzpatrick in. And two is a good enough teammate to where I don't think that will really affect him personally. But I don't. Brian Flores didn't want him. Brian Flores is not loyal to Tua. He didn't want to draft him, from what the reports are. So when he puts in Ryan Fitzpatrick, that doesn't tell me that there. He has a ton of faith in him to pull himself out of situations. The only reason he didn't play pull him against Buffalo, he didn't have a back. I mean, he had star quarterback Reed Sinnott behind him. But if you give the job to Reed, you're just going to lose the job for the rest of your. Oh my God! The Browns just got another interception. Oh my god. Third and two. That's three picks, isn't it? Two or three picks in this game? Yeah, this game's over. Q, Kenny Smith. Q, Vince Carter. It's over! It's over! That's what we got right here. It's over. This game's done. Done and dusted. (laughs) Done. Tipped at the line of scrimmage, so it's not really Ben's fault. But it is, it was it. That's a pick. Easy pick. But yeah, the Dolphin, the, the GM and ownership are set on Tua. The coach is not. And when you see, when you get, you have a young quarterback, it excites fans, especially one as highly touted as Tua Tagovailoa. But when you get a guy that has been a franchise quarterback in the NFL, has won playoff games, just led the league in passing yards this year with little to no help, you change your tone a little bit 
about the quarterback you currently have. If you have a chance to get a quarterback the caliber of Deshaun Watson, you change your tone a little bit. You start going, oh, yeah, screw Tua. We want Deshaun. And rightfully so. That's not saying anything bad. I would much rather have John Tua, or, uh, Deshaun Watson than Tua at this point in time. Now, Tua could become a great quarterback. But <laughs> I, I would much rather have Deshaun Watson. And the way this has all gone down with Deshaun Watson in Houston, everything that has gone on. So they spent, well, I have the screenshot on my phone. Hold on. I got to find this this quote I saw. It was about Deshaun Watson and their GM search. Texans paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to search to a search firm and ignored then ignored its suggestion finalists of Omar Khan and Lewis Riddick to hire Nick Casero. Casiero, however you want to say his name. This is this, this is borderline the same thing that the Cleveland Browns did in what the 2013 draft, 2012. They paid a, a search team or now a scout team, analysis team. I don't know what it was. They paid a lot of money for them to tell them who the best quarterback in the draft was. They said the best quarterback in the draft was Teddy Bridgewater. They proceeded to draft Johnny Manziel. Why do you pay these people money to then go out and double bird them and then just go and do something else? I just hit my mic with my finger because I was doing a like go that way thing. Why do you do that? If I'm my dad and I were talking about this today, watching the Ravens and Titans game, man, how would it be to be Lewis Riddick right now? You're getting paid very well to do football on ESPN, and you have basically, other than Houston for some reason, you have your pick of teams to go to, and you're going to get paid a lot of money to go there. I would love to be Lewis Riddick right now. And the other thing that pissed Deshaun Watson off. And I would be furious about this too because I said this coach should go there. It'd make a ton of sense and work very well with the quarterback they have. And that is hiring Eric Bieniemy as their head coach. That made so much sense. And of course it comes out a day or two after I posted that that they didn't even interview him and they're not even going to hire him. When the quarterback wants that coach, your franchise guy wants a guy Go and get him. Now, sometimes that can fail misery. You look at the Cleveland Browns hiring Freddie Kitchens because Baker Mayfield wanted him there. But when you have a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who's a lot more hyped as a head coach than Eric Freddie Kitchens, you get him. You see what he's done with Patrick Mahomes. I know Andy Reid's very controlling on the far as the offensive side goes. But look at what he's done with him. Get Deshaun a guy that could do may help him do similar things. But the thing is, Deshaun can very much help this franchise by leaving because they have no picks for the future. They have no future lined up whatsoever. They have traded away all their draft capital. They have little to no cap space. No free agents really tend to go to Houston, as we talked about that earlier. At least big-name free agents go to Houston. All their big-name players they drafted, like DeAndre Hopkins before they traded him. Like J.J. Watt, like Deshaun Watson, other or trades or whatever. Andre Johnson went there with draft. They don't really get these big name free agents in Houston. For being as big of a city as it is, it's considered technically a small market, which confuses me sometimes. But we, we talked about that already. 
But the coach that would have been Deshaun's, the best coach for Deshaun, you didn't even interview. You didn't even tell him about the GM you were going to hire. Why would you not go after Lewis Riddick? Why would you not go after Eric Bieniemy? Unless they know something I don't. I'm terribly confused about that. Terribly confused. Very confused. And Deshaun, rightfully pissed off, wants to get traded. But there's not a lot of teams that can either A, afford his contract or give the picks that the Texans will want in return. And Bleacher Report, I make fun of Bleacher Report a lot. They're really easy to make fun of. And the Browns are going, I mean, they're lined up, they're just trying to get him a jump, but came up with a, a list of possible trades for Deshaun Watson. Potential trade packages for Watson. This was posted on January 8th. This is the 10th. Niners get Deshaun Watson. Texas get Jimmy Garoppolo, number 12 overall pick, first rounder in next year's draft, and day two pick in this year's draft or 2022. The Patriots, which is this is pretty much the exact same trade value as the 49ers one regards to picks, but you want them, do you think the Texans would really want Jarrett Stidham? Then the Broncos, trading Drew Locke. Did the Bron- did the Texans want Drew Locke? Panthers get, te- Texans get Teddy Bridgewater. You know how many picks you're going to have to trade to get Deshaun Watson? As Howie Roseman said, there's no price on a franchise quarterback. Those trades with four quarterbacks that are average to below average, would never, and the amount of picks they're giving up, would not even be touched by the Texans. I would screw that. I would flip them off. I would punch the stupid GM who offered me that dumbass trade in the face, because that's laughable. Tear that thing up in his face and throw it in the incinerator, because that trade's never. None of those trades will ever happen. Three picks in a barely starting quarterback for Deshaun Watson. Come on, really? For a top five quarterback, that's all you're giving up? That's insane. If you, There's rumors and reports that Sam Darnold could go for a first-round draft pick, and you think you can get Deshaun Watson for just two? And one other pick? <laughs> Three picks, and one being a second-rounder for Deshaun Watson. That is laughable. The Miami Dolphins would give up Tua, who's a lot better prospect as a quarterback than the four quarterbacks I just mentioned, a lot more desirable than the four quarterbacks I just mentioned. They're going to give a lot of picks, too. The third overall pick. Unlike the Patriots and Niners giving up mid-first-round picks. They don't do anything for the Texans. They don't care about that. The Saints traded their entire draft for Ricky Williams. The Vikings gave up a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. (laughs) The Herschel Walker trade got a ton of picks for Dallas. There ain't no way Houston is parting with Deshaun Watson for Jimmy Garoppolo and three picks. There's no way. I don't care how new their GM is. No GM is dumb enough to accept that trade. I say that now, it could happen. It could very well happen. But seriously, I really doubt that. There's no way the Texans could take that. And on the head coaching turn, since they're not hiring Eric Bieniemy, apparently, one coach that makes a lot of sense for Houston is Brian Dable. I learned this today 
that Brian Dable worked with Cassiero in New England. I know he went to high school with Telesco, but he worked with this guy in New England. They may have built a professional relationship. He's interviewing with the Jets, and he interviewed with the Jets and Chargers today. Does he go to Houston? And then Eric Bieniemy, a former Chargers running back, go to the Chargers? Or the Jets? Or Jacksonville? I don't know. I've t- I said this on Friday. The most desirable places for free for a head coach right now is the Chargers and Jacksonville. I would say the Chargers is more desirable because you already got in place weapons. You don't really need to build anything. You got pieces in place. They just need them to stay healthy. That's the main thing there. You have one or two needs specifically on your team. Just finished seven and nine. I know you get Trevor Lawrence with Jacksonville, but. You've got a lot of things going for you in char- in L.A. with the Chargers. I might go to that one before I go to Jacksonville. I think it'd be easier to do that one. Because there's going to be a lot more expectations on Jacksonville because you get Trevor Lawrence, who's considered a quote-unquote can't-miss prospect, than in the, the Chargers. It's going to sound weird. There's a lot more uh, eyes that are going to be on Jacksonville than the Chargers who play in Los Angeles, which is very weird to think about, but that's probably going to be the case next year. And Houston, if they trade Deshaun to Miami, let's just use the hypotheticals here, which I don't really like to do, but we're going to do it anyways. If they trade him to Houston, you basically traded Deshaun Watson for Laramie Tunsil. Think about that. That's pretty much the value that's getting here because the trade that sent Tunsil to Miami, or Miami uh, Tunsil to Houston, is the third overall pick. <laughs> Laramie Tunsil got traded for like two picks. You're going to tell me Deshaun Watson's worth three? Man, I would say a lot worse things on this show, but I don't want to. I don't want to say a lot of bad words on this show. I'll limit myself to at least four bad words. I'm not gonna go with the extra big ones, like the F word or something like that. I don't think I can. I don't think I can do that with a microphone in front of me. <laughs> I can say that in confidence. I can't say that while I'm recording myself. But man, that's essentially what's gonna go down here. I think Miami would be a lot more happy with Deshaun Watson versus Tua. And then turn it around to also go with, they're going to change their uniforms to the retro uniforms that everybody thinks they should change to. You get Deshaun Watson and the retro uniforms, I am the happiest non-Dolphins fan of all time. But as a team that's going to face the Dolphins twice a year at least, I don't want Deshaun anywhere near. I don't want Deshaun anywhere near the AFC East. But the problem is... Two teams that are probably the most likely to trade from the Jets and Dolphins are two teams in the AFC East. Like, if we're talking about picks, capital, all that stuff, Dolphins and Jets have both of that. The Dolphins haven't signed anybody to a big contract in years. I don't remember the last person they signed to a big contract. Same with the Jets. Who have they signed to a big contract recently? Unless I'm forgetting somebody. Picks and capital. That's what's going to get Deshaun Watson. Who can pay him? And who can afford to get him? That's the big thing here. I was going to do the quarterback thing today, but, you know, it's... With this whole Deshaun Watson thing, I want to wait a little bit. So, we let's, let's just play hypothetical here really quick. So, if we go off what the mock draft was, but we're going to throw that away for a little bit, I think the mock draft turned out very well. Very good. I did end up writing up a uh, reasoning thing for that, but... I had fun doing it. And then I obviously did the playoff thing that I released on Saturday. 
which I didn't change any of the picks that I did on the show. I didn't change any of the draft picks I did on the show. I ended up actually really liking the draft. I liked a lot of the picks that I made in the draft. Some more difficult than others, but I liked what I liked the overall the way it went. And now, with three teams already getting eliminated from the playoffs, possibly four, the Steelers might score and make this a 21-point game before halftime. But we have the Titans, watch the football team, the Bears, I guess I had three that I could think of, the Seahawks, and the Colts, there's five teams, already eliminated. So there's five spots figured out for the NFL draft. Which is fun. Makes it a lot more fun to do the draft. The only home team that won... There was two home teams that won out of this whole wildcard thing. Saints and Bills. rest of them lost. Titans lost. Then we had... Um, crap. Who else? Seahawks lost. Washington football team lost. The Steelers are looking like they're going to lose. So we might be a 2-4 and four for home teams in the wildcard round. Which is kind of ridiculous to think about when you see how... Think of how important home field advantage is in the playoffs. With no fans there, doesn't really make it that big of a deal anymore. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens with the rest of the playoffs. Those will take place on Saturday and Sunday again. Uh, does Josh Allen deserve the biggest contract in NFL history? I don't know. He's going to get paid. I don't know if he deserves the biggest contract. But, again, he does things that no one else can do in the NFL. And that's what's... Crazy about it. No one's as big, can move as well, and has as strong of an arm as Josh Allen. Watch his throw. There's a highlight thing the Bills posted on Twitter. It's like, I don't really remember how long it was, like three minutes or something from the highlights from the game. The first throw he has in that highlight thing doesn't even look like he moves his arm and he launched it 40 yards down the field. No one can do what Josh Allen does and can make plays. Like, Josh Allen reminds me of Brett Favre. Watching Brett Favre play, like someone that would make... Most fans like, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing that. Oh my god, that worked. Watch the first touchdown the Bills score and tell me that does not look like something Brett Favre did in his career. Like a thousand times. I think Josh is on a similar, is a similar style of player to Brett Favre in that aspect. Like he's an ad-libber that can make you go, oh my god, why did you do that? And then, oh, thank you for doing that. No one else could do that the very next second. That's what he reminds me of. Obviously, John Elway's going to get mentioned in there as well, but Brett Favre with the ad-lib ability, the frustrating plays with the miracle, beautiful, amazing, no one else can do these style plays the next play. It's ridiculous. I don't think Josh will throw 21 interceptions in a season. Knock on wood. But that's how I'm sitting right now. He's the youngest quarterback in NFL history to pass for 300... 300 yards with a 70% completion percentage of postseason history. 24 years old, 233 days. Youngest quarterback to ever do that. Josh Allen is the first QB in the 2018 draft class to get a win. So with that being said, let's look at, with Brian Dable being gone, obviously Ken Dorsey, the quarterback coach for the Bills, is going to probably have his say as the first one to get his foot in the door as the next offensive coordinator for the Bills. But... That's going to be one of the most desirable spots in the NFL. The offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. They're going to have their pick of anybody. But if they want to keep it in-house, they'd bring up Ken Dorsey. Yeah, that's the logical one. When Dable uh, was interviewing for jobs last year, that was what it looked like it was going to be. It was going to be Ken Dorsey. But the way the offense took off this year, it's going to be a very, very desirable spot. I'd get Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Oh my god. That dude is not a head coach. It pisses me off that he got a head coaching job. Terrible head coach. Getting bailed out by Kyler Murray. But uh, let's run through this very fast. I know we're running over on time. Uh, 
just so I can, I'm going to go off the top of my head, really. I've got things written down for this. I said we were going to do this on Friday, so I'll do it now. AFC North, Baltimore stays the same. John Harbaugh, Lamar. Cincy, Zach Taylor or Joe Brady. Uh, Joe Brady, word with Burrow in L- at LSU. Makes sense to get him back. If they fire Zach Taylor, which they probably won't, but if they did. Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. If he retires, someone in the draft or a, fr- a trade or free agent, somebody like Sam Darnold or something like that. We'll talk about that more once we get to it. Once the season's over... I'll have a better list, and then we'll do a draft of the full NFL draft, and then we'll talk about that then. Houston, I had Eric Bieniemy and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, we might be looking at Brian Dable and Zach Wilson if this trade, or Tua, if this trade goes down. Because <laughs> I, t- I, t- I don't think it'll be, it ain't going to be D- uh, Bieniemy. It might be Deshaun Watson, but the way the rumors are taking off, it probably won't be if Miami's seriously thinking about it, which if I'm Brian Flores, I would be thinking about it. I didn't want Tua to begin with. Why would I not think of a trade to get a top five quarterback in the NFL? He's already done things with nothing. Why not try it again with Miami? But they got a lot more in place than Houston, clearly. When 10-6 and six didn't make the playoffs, it's crazy to think about. But if Deshaun leaves, it will probably be, because they work together, Brian Dable and... Tua, but if not, I could probably see like something stupid like Jason Garrett or something being it's Houston. But the fact that uh, crap, I forgot <laughs> Caricio. I forget it. Caricio. I forgot his name already. I'm not looking at my phone anymore. Has worked with Dable. I would probably guess Dable goes to Houston with Tua as the quarterback. Then Indy, Frank Wright, Carson Wentz trade to Indy. That was what I predicted last week, but. Didn't really talk. I've had this thing written up for, last edit it was seven days ago, so a week ago. We've talked about, I've had this written up for a while, just never actually got around to it. If they trade, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz reuniting. He had a great career, or great year with Frank Reich as the OC in Philly. Makes a ton of sense to get back together. His best year was with Frank Reich. Struggled without him. Why not just get him back in Indy? Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Tennessee, Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill. Buffalo, Sean McDermott, and the new richest player in the NFL, Josh Allen. Uh, Miami, Brian Flores, and if the Sean Watson trade goes down, Sean Watson. If it doesn't, Tua will still be the quarterback. Depends on how loyal the front office is to Tua. If I'm if I'm the front office, I'm going to be thinking twice about it. Send over a trade to Houston. Give him that third pick back. I want Deshaun Watson as my... If I'm a team that doesn't have a quarterback or I'm questioning quarterback, I want Deshaun Watson. I know the GM and office won't say anything... But you can't honestly say you'd rather have Tua than Deshaun Watson. That's it's blasphemous. New England, Bill Belichick, someone like, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo, get him back in a trade or something like that. I don't know. Move on from Cam. That's all they can really do about it. If they want to trade for Wentz, could do that. They have some picks and cap space. They could go after a guy like Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, someone like that. I don't know. Or draft a guy. Mac Jones will be around, I would guess, around the 15 mark. But I gave him Kyle Pitts. Jimmy G likes throwing at tight ends, as we've seen him and George Kittle's relationship. Jimmy G and Kyle Pitts would be very fun to watch for neutrals who are one of the few people that don't dislike or hate the Patriots. But I think Jimmy G should go back to New England. It would be best for both parties. Bill Belichick didn't want to get rid of him in the first place. Uh, New York, I put Arthur Smith and Justin Fields. Arthur Smith, the GM, or the head coach of the New York Jets. Again, Brian Dable worked with the Jets for a little bit, was the quarterback coach for a wee bit. Would make sense to go there. Arthur Smith... 
I've heard he's the number one coaching candidate. From what I've gathered, I've heard he's number one on most people's boards. Go to the Jets, get Justin Fields. I've taught you go look up the draft reasoning for why you think why I put Justin Fields on the Jets. Uh, AFC West: Vic Fangio, Drew Locke, Andy Reid, Patty Mahomes, John Gruden, Derek Carr. Los Angeles. Now that they're not interviewing Eric Bieniemy in Houston, I'm gonna put Eric Bieniemy in LA with Justin Herbert. Keep it in division. And unless Brian Dable goes to the Chargers, then I don't know where the other players would go. Where that would switch up uh, Eric Bieniemy. I think the two most logical spots for Bieniemy are were Houston and Los Angeles. Jets obviously up there, but if Arthur Smith, I could see Arthur. I would see Arthur Smith going to the Jets more than Bieniemy. But if Dable goes to Houston, I would suspect Bieniemy going to Los Angeles. Play for the Chargers would make a little sense to go back there. Char, uh, the Bears, Matt Nagy will probably return as the head coach. Quarterback, who knows? Fitzpatrick, if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami, even if he doesn't, I don't think Fitz is going back to Miami. Maybe go after a Fitzpatrick if he doesn't retire. Phillip Rivers, if he doesn't retire. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think he's going to be a free agent this offseason. Other quarterbacks available. I don't know. If Trubisky's gone, they're probably going to have to go after someone in the draft like a Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, but you're going to have to get them with your first pick. That's because the rest of the quarterbacks after the top six, it's a pretty decently sized drop off. Uh, then we have Marvin Lewis in Detroit. I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Matt Stafford, I could see him still staying there. If he leaves, I would bet it would go somewhere like San Francisco or something. But that's what I've got right now. I've got Zach Wilson there, but I don't. I didn't do that in my mock draft. So I'm going to stick with Matt Stafford there for a little bit longer. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick goes there, and they get a guy like Zach Wilson. But I didn't, I didn't bother going over the trade in my head with Matthew Stafford. I went over it in the fact that Matthew Stafford stayed in Detroit. But if he doesn't, they're going to draft a quarterback, and Zach Wilson is number three on most people's draft boards. Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Minnesota's Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins. Atlanta put Robert Sala and Matt Ryan. Carolina, Matt Rule, Teddy Bridgewater slash Zach Wilson. Or Trey Lance, depending on what uh, Detroit does at quarterback. New Orleans, I put Sean Payton still there. Taysom Hill, they want to do the Taysom Hill, Jason Winston thing. Go all for it. If not, Mac Jones would make sense, but Mac Jones might not be there. I bet he'd go somewhere in the 15 to 30 range. And the Saints, I don't know where they're going to pick, but somewhere in that range is where I believe Jones will go. Tampa, Arians, and Brady. NFC East, Dak and Mike McCarthy. New York, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones. Philly, Doug Peterson, Jalen Hurts. I think Doug Peterson should get fired, but whatever. Washington, Ron Rivera. This is where I threw Sam Darnold. I could see Cam Newton going there as well. Obviously worked with Ron Rivera in the past. If they draft a quarterback and get Cam Newton, that would be a very logical thing to do as well. But if not, trade for Sam Darnold. He's gonna. You could probably get him for decently. I don't think he'd be worth a first-round draft pick with how bad he's been for the past two to three years. But whatever. If the reports are true and you have to give a first-round pick, you have a late first-round pick. NFC West, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler, Josh, uh, L.A., Sean McVay, Jared Goff, San Fran, I put Kyle Shanahan with Matt Stafford. If Jimmy G gets traded... With Trey Lance there as well, if Jimmy G stays or goes, whatever. You have Trey Lance, at least according to my last mock draft. And then Seattle, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson. So the things I, the quarterback destination I'm not really sure about because of trades and stuff, if the quarterback stays or not, and how loyal they are to their quarterbacks. San Fran with Jimmy G. Washington, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. 
Uh, Dallas, does Dak stay? I don't know if he does. New Orleans, are they going to draft somebody, sign somebody? Carolina's got to draft somebody. Atlanta, are they going to trade Matt Ryan? Don't think they can, but do they? Uh, Detroit, what are they going to do with Matt Stafford? Chicago, where they're going to do Trubisky? Vegas, do they still have faith in Derek Carr? It feels like every offseason they hate Derek Carr until he does something good. Then they're like, okay, they can put up with Derek Carr. New England, do they draft someone, trade for someone? Miami, Houston, do they trade Deshaun? Do they trade Tua? What goes on with those quarterback situations? Indy, do you trade for Carson Wentz? There's a lot of things that are going to go down this offseason, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll have a more, I'll have a better list come the next show, I would imagine. But because of the whole Deshaun Watson thing, makes it kind of hard to figure out what else is going on. If Houston wants to go after and wants to proceed a trade to get rid of Deshaun, if he's that unhappy, might force your hand a little bit. For the betterment of the future of the franchise, you might have to trade him to get some picks back and also free up some cap space as well. Time will tell. Time will tell. If I'm Desha- if I'm me, which I am, I would not want. I don't want Deshaun in Miami. I don't want him in New Jersey with the Jets. I don't want him on the Patriots. I want him as far away from the AFC East as possible. I would like to only play him at most once a year. I love Deshaun Watson. I don't want to see him go to a team I hate, which would be the Dolphins or the Jets, which I think are two very logical places for him to go in base of cap space and draft picks. Houston could tra- or the Jets could trade Sam Darnold as well. If the Jet, if the uh, Texans think they can get the best out of Sam Darnold, fair play to him. Deshaun would go there. They have picks, cap space, whatever. Makes sense. So with that being said, that's all I've got for you today. It is twenty to seven with the Brown Steelers game. We're almost at halftime. Browns are driving. Maybe they score before halftime. Looks like they're just going to keep their foot on the pedal all night, and I am happy to see that. Should the Chiefs be scared of this game? I don't know. I talked about my playoff prediction thing about how teams that rest their starters sometimes that hurts them come playoff time. You can go read that on the playoff thing on the Logan Blackman Show website. Go search that up. Go to the blog page. Click on the playoff thing and read through the description and everything. But that's all I've got for you. Good wild card weekend. It was a lot of fun to watch. I'm excited to see what happens the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times are ahead for the playoffs, and I am Logan Blackman, and I am signing off for this Monday edition of Logan Blackman Show. Peace.